friends, welcome to our worship on this Sunday, the 22nd of August. How are you? It's good that we can be together. Our call to worship. Be strong in the Lord, even when you feel weak. Trust in the Lord, even when you're weary. Be still before the Lord, even when you're busy. Believe in the Lord, even when it's difficult. Be nourished by the Lord, even when you feel disconnected. Pray to the Lord, even when you don't expect answers. Listen to the Lord always, for he has the words of eternal life. Amen. Our first hymn, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Friends, that was holy, holy, holy. Let us pray. Let us pray. 
Lord, it is your faith that nourishes us, not our faith in you, for our faith is weak. It's your prayers that sustain us, not our prayers, for we are often slow to pray. It's your abiding in us that gives us eternal life, not our abiding in you, for we are inconsistent. Lord, it's to you we come today. Receive us, heal us and help us. Creator and Almighty God, we thank you for your presence with us. For your creating and nourishing spirit. Jesus, Redeemer and Saviour, thank you for your presence with us. Holy Spirit, comforter and guide, thank you for your presence with us. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Gracious God, we confess before you now those moments in our lives when we have walked away from your truth and your goodness. When that walking away has come through periods of upset and disappointment and anger. When we felt unable to cry out and call out for help. Forgive us. Forgive us for walking away rather than walking with you. Forgive us for moments when our words and our actions have been harsh and dismissive of others. Forgive us for moments when we haven't followed your commands. Holy Spirit, move amongst us that we may know the nearness of your presence, that we may know your grace and mercy, that we may know your forgiveness and your strength. We offer you our prayers in the name of Jesus, our risen Saviour. Amen. We say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our reading from the Gospel of John, John chapter 6, verses 56 to verse 69. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. 
For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. That was our Gospel reading from John's Gospel. Let's listen and sing along to the hymn, All I Once Held Dear, Knowing You, Jesus, Knowing You.
We listen now to Paul's letter, one of his letters. He wrote this to the church in Ephesus, uh, a church that was growing and, and needed some support and some guidance. Uh, and Paul writes to assist them in this. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to verse 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled round your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Thanks be to God. Amen. Have you ever uh, driven along the road and seen kind of um, signs on the side of the road, or kind of billboards, as they call them in America, we've kind of taken on that for ourselves now. There's one particular billboard and it said something like, eat here and have a long life. Eat here and have a long life. That was right next door to a kind of a health food restaurant. Well, not wanting to be outdone, there was a barbecue place kind of a uh, just across the way and they wrote their sign that says, eat here and die happy. Probably both extremes, I think in some ways but you get the point. We've been looking for the past few weeks about one of the I am sayings, one of the seven I am sayings of Jesus. I am the bread of life. We've contemplated what that means for us. We've looked at how Jesus fed people with the feeding of the 5,000. He's cared for them. He's spoken about uh, what we now know as Holy Communion. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And as he says these words, he has these disciples gathered around him. These followers who have left self behind. They've left families, they've left occupations, they've left what they once knew as a, a routine of life. And, and they have surrendered, they have followed, they've placed their footprints after Jesus. They've sat under trees and talked about everything. And I, ah, sometimes I wish I knew what they talked about. They had seen, they had encountered, they had heard, they had felt, they had been changed. Do you remember the hymn, Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? Who will be his helpers, other lives to bring? Who will leave the world's side? Who will face the foe? Who is on the Lord's side? Who for him will go in the chorus? By thy call of mercy, by thy grace divine, 
We are on the Lord's side, Saviour, we are thine. Who is on the Lord's side? It's, it's so easy to be part of a successful movement. And real loyalty, though, is tested when the cause, the organisation, the team becomes unfashionable or even unpopular. Do you stick with the sports team when they crash out of a particular league? I don't know if you've ever been to a particular sports match or even an elite sports match. Have you ever tried applauding for the opposite team when they've done well? The looks you get from other people around you, loyalty is crucial. It demands a price. You have to be brave to go and wear the colours of another team in the middle of the other opposing team's supporters. Loyalty. What is loyalty? John chapter 6 reflects a decline. Now we know about decline. The church knows about decline. We don't need any stats for mission or any um, any report to tell us that we are a declining church. We see it. We've lived it. We experience it. We tell stories of years ago when the church was full and the Sunday school was thriving. We have stories. We've lived through. We've overseen, sadly, the decline and the change in our churches. John chapter 6 reflects a decline. We hear about a delighted crowd, 5,000 men plus others. And of course, uh, we know there were others because if it was men, then the boy who brought the fish and the bread would not have been counted. Here we have a crowd. They're delighted with their fill of fish and of bread. And then we dwindle it down to a small crowd that we have here. Where's the rest of them gone? Where's that crowd of 5,000 plus? They've had the fill and then they disappear. Where have they gone to? Back to their homes, back to their lives, back to how things were once before. They have engaged with Jesus. They've been fed by Jesus. They have heard Jesus. And yet, where are they? Now, Peter could have been bold enough to say, Jesus, you need to tone down your message a bit because we're losing people here. You keep talking about and um, preaching about discipleship. Uh, give the people time for it to soak in or, or there won't be anybody left for you to preach at and all your work will be, well, it'll be gone. But I thank God that Peter didn't say the wrong thing this time. Of course, he's known for saying the wrong thing. But instead, when Jesus asked them if they wanted to leave, Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And Peter's statement is critical. Either Jesus is the Son of God, the way, the truth, the life, the I am, the bread of life, as he claims to be. Or we're living in some kind of dream world by putting faith in him. And some people would say that. At the start of the Alpha course, uh, there is a particular session. That's the first session that you invite people to, which talks about Jesus' claims. Are they untrue or not? Are they true? And it gives people that opportunity to sign up to the first week. And then perhaps if they feel able to, to commit to the weeks that follow. 
If Jesus is the person who he claims to be, then, then here in this passage of scripture, uh, they may be in danger of taking the cause for Jesus too lightly. Yet if Jesus is not who we claim to be, then why bother with this cause of Christ at all? There's no middle line. Either we're committed or we're not committed. There's no safe road where you stand in the middle and think, oh, I'm going to be okay. You, you strive to go to one side or the other. And the cost of discipleship, the cost of our surrendering to Jesus, the cost of us giving who we are to Christ depends on who Jesus claims to be and who he is for us. If Jesus is the son of God, then the cost of discipleship is whatever he demands it to be. If he isn't, then we can set the cost as little or as high as we want it to be. We hear through scripture stories of lives of people of privilege of being called to be a disciple. Remember the story of the rich young man? What do we know about him? He was rich, he was male, he was young and because of that he was influential and well known in the area. Yet he saw heaven and he walked away. We hear through the Gospels that large crowds travelled with Jesus and I want us, not just you but me too, to remember that Jesus was never around to impress a crowd. Just one life, one life at a time. And there's a lesson there for us to learn about our telling others of Jesus' story. One person at a time, one friend, one family member at a time. You see, Jesus is more concerned about the depth of a person's commitment. God can do more with 10 people who are willing to do anything for Christ than he can do with 10,000 who are straddling the fence or in the middle of a road. Many of you have made sacrifices, have worked tirelessly for the kingdom of God. We are able to do things in our churches because of your commitment. Other churches that are two or, or three sizes bigger cannot do some of the things that we have done because you have been committed. It isn't the size of the crowd that Jesus is after. It's the heart of the individual where Jesus is seeking to do the change. A disciple is one who's had a change of heart so that he or her has the desire to seek and please God in their lives. It demands taking up a cross and following Jesus, not being nailed to it. That's already happened. But following him. And that loyalty, the loyalty of following and truly following Jesus, is transformational. One of John's favourite words for loyalty is abide. He uses it to describe the way the branch of a vine is rooted for life in the trunk. To turn away from Jesus is death, just as a branch withers when separated from its life source. 
Yet when his disciples do turn away from him, Jesus is resigned to that and makes no apparent effort to cajole them into staying. Remember again, the rich young ruler, unless you give all that you have. No, I can't do that. Jesus, of course, is in his religious right to say, well, the law says you must give 10%. But he didn't. He demanded the very thing that the rich young ruler wasn't prepared to give away. He demanded from Judas a loyalty that Judas wasn't prepared to give. No compromise, no loyalty scheme. Sometimes Jesus let people go. He let the rich young ruler go. You're either with me or you're not. That can be hard sometimes. Laying the very things of our life down that is who we are. The rich young ruler, the young man, wasn't prepared just to be a young man. The rich and the ruler bit defined who he was and he wasn't prepared to lay that down. When, when Jesus talks about, in John chapter six, about people walking away, he, he intensifies it by making a fairly direct reference to his crucifixion. That's a taboo subject in that society. Life with Jesus is not a choice for us to weigh up, nor an option among others, but a life-changing moment of revelation from which, friends, when we're changed, we're changed for good. Jesus is the embodiment of that revelation. Not a salesperson trying to persuade a reluctant customer to buy a product. This is about eternal life. This is about forever with Christ. So what creates that kind of loyalty in people that allows people to abide in Jesus, to live with him, to remain with him, to be loyal to him? The 12 disciples, well, 11 of the disciples remain with Jesus. Though verses omitted here in this gospel reading, at the very end of the chapter, make it clear that this group did also include Judas. And their commitment is summed up in Simon Peter's response to Jesus. Lord, to whom shall we go? Who do we go to? If we're focused and if we're centred upon abiding in Jesus, Jesus, who is our bread of life, who enables, supports and releases us, then to whom shall we not go? The gospel is for all. The gospel is transformation for all. Who shall we go to? Who can we go to? Who today? Who tomorrow? Can we reveal the love of God to? When we speak about loyalty, God has been loyal to us. Jesus personifies loyalty to us and for us. And the Holy Spirit reminds us about that level and that depth of loyalty for us, that we may abide in him because he abides in us. When God seeks our loyalty, 
He understands the, the pressures of the world that we live in. He understands that it's hard to be loyal when, when there are things around us in the world that, that demand our attention or say, well, your God can't be. And so when Paul speaks to those in Ephesus, he understands their similar situation. A Roman soldier, if they were to leave any other armour, then the enemy would go for the weaker place, the weaker part, the head, the heart, the shins, whatever it might be. And so when, when Paul uses this metaphor about the armour of God, it's just for us today. The helmet, the breastplate, the sword. We equip ourselves with the full truth and knowledge of Jesus Christ for us and in us that we may tell other people. And so we protect our hearts, our minds, our very selves. We protect it in the full knowledge of God's love for us by seeking and finding him and being found in him by following him. A friend's loyalty is our giving ourselves to God as God was loyal to us and gave himself for us. To remain and to abide with him as he abides with us. By thy call of mercy, by thy grace divine, we are on the Lord's side, Saviour, we are thine. Let's listen to the hymn, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. Jesus 
Friends, let us pray. We pray for those struggling to stand firm today. Those in fragile relationships. Those exhausted by their work and their responsibilities. Those disillusioned by the church. Those who've lost their way and their focus. Those whose health is unreliable, for whom pain is constant and suffering relentless. Those struggling to hang on to the hope that life can change. For those unable to go on believing in a God of love in a world of hate and violence. We pray for your world. We pray particularly for Afghanistan. For the people of Afghanistan. For those who have flown wanting to find refuge. For those veterans who questioned their service of long ago, whose lives are still affected by the horrors of war. For those this night fearful of their lives. Gracious God, bring wisdom to those in authority. Bring aid to those in need. Bring hope to those who feel defeated. We pray that you'd reach out to those who feel vulnerable. Infuse them with your love. Love your love that was scourged and crucified but which rose again. We think of those who mourn and whose grief causes a brokenness of soul and spirit. For those who long for something better and different, for change and rest. For those whose exam results this month has given them the change they needed and for those who long for something better and different. Gracious God, thank you for the hope you give us. In the name of Christ. Amen. Friends, our final hymn, In Christ Alone.
Thank you for joining us in worship this Sunday. A blessing. Lord Jesus Christ, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Go with us into your world and the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen.